Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. This is absolutely historic. This is the kind of stuff that no one could have prepared for. Uh, listeners, lovely listeners and subscribers to the First Cut Podcast. Kyle is actually on vacation uh, this week. But when it's Matthew Wolf just rolling in 26-foot eagle putts to one-up the theatrics of L'Artiste Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Kyle coming to us live from Galveston, Texas, the, the like combination of different things that are in your Venn diagram, the specificity of which the end of the 3M open was in your wheelhouse. I can't believe it's happening when you're on vacation. We had to pull you away from vacation to come and comment on it. Shit. Things are moving very quickly for me right now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not good. I've taken, <clears throat> I think I said this yesterday. I've taken, like four days off in the last three years or something. And one of them was speed, uh, like holding out at travelers in the playoffs. Remember that in 17, I think it was our uh, colleague, Matt Norlander was there. I think it might've changed his life. Yeah, he was there. And I've got, and and that's like, so I, I don't take off like a, like a Ches Reavy five stroke win Sunday. I take off. Speed pulling out and and Matthew Wolf uh, winning his first PGA Tour event. Honest, true story. We're driving to Galveston yesterday. Uh, my wife is asleep in the front. The kids are kind of asleep in the back. I I I pull I pull up the broadcast on my phone while I'm driving. I do not recommend doing this. I uh, have some shame that I did it. But I, 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 I couldn't help myself. And so I, I have it on, and she wakes up, and she's like, oh, of course, you know. And honest, this is the honest truth. We have to pull off to, like, the road. Like, everybody's like, oh, he almost made me wreck. Like, we literally pulled off the road after uh, Wolf made that post. She's like, you probably got to put some tweets out, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. Like, this is kind of a, this is kind of a big thing. And, uh. That's how I experienced uh, Matthew Wolf's first PGA Tour win. He has his uh, PGA Tour card guaranteed through 2021. He is automatically now in the mix for the the FedEx Cup playoffs. You know, this is like in every way, shape, and form um, hits two things for me. Number one... You know, we we had sort of tracked him and Colin Marikawa, who was right in the midst there, or Victor Hovland, who shot a 65 on Sunday to work his way back up the leaderboard, finishes T13. For these, like, three stud amateurs who are sort of all going through this journey together, this is a big leap for him. So there's that part. But then also it's, like, uh, it's validation for Wolf after – like a week ago, he had the missed cut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He had to be thinking, like, "Holy crap, what have I done?" Right? 
Like you've got to think to yourself, you're 20 years old. You could have gone back, probably could have won NCAAs again, probably would have, but you've made this decision to totally change your life. And this has just got to be total validation for that for him. Yeah, it's a good point, which, by the way, I have nothing in front of me. I'm driving to, I'm driving to the Galveston Target right now. My wife didn't even know I'm taping this. So I have no, like, stats or anything. It's going to be very high level for me. But I did see that he, he kind of said over the weekend, he was like, look, I, I went into Travelers, I went into Rocket Mortgage, and I was like, oh, I got to, like, I got to like be like even better than I used to be to win. And he said he went into 3M last week and was like, nah, I just have to be me, you know? And it sounds super cocky when he says it. He said this to Amanda, Amanda Balionis, uh right after he won. He was like, you know, I went to Oklahoma State and, and my, he, he literally said this. He's like, my coaches said that they'd never seen a talent like me. And you're like, wow, that's not, okay, that's interesting. But, but like, that's literally the way he thinks and the way he was thinking going into to 3M, and it helped him win. And I think, I think that's the deal. It's just like having confidence in who you are and not trying to be somebody you're not. And I think a lot of guys, especially right out of college, run into like, oh, like, I don't, you know, am I good enough? Like, these guys are really good. And he's, and he's like, no, I am good enough. Like, I'm better than these guys. And he kind of is. And so you see – the result of that in, in uh, you know, that even if he hadn't won, just contending for that first one. So for, for Matthew Wolf, that's the thing that I sometimes have difficult uh, deciphering myself where the, the hype, not the hype, but just the actual, the results, like the, what he has done as an amateur to this point, And now what he has done as just a professional of just a brief amount of time. I think that, I think that it's tough for me to, um, like I cannot promise you that Matthew Wolf is going to go win four major championships and have 15 PGA Tour wins. He has one now. That's certainly uh, a good start. But I I do I can feel comfortable identifying with what I have seen and with what we have followed with him so far that you can be a an awesome talent. And like how confident are you that elite talent becomes elite professional golfer with Matthew Wolf? Well, yeah, I, so there's a couple of things here. There's the – well, first of all, did you see the tweet that uh, Justin Ray sent out about guys who have won under age 21 in the last 70 years? Is it Crenshaw, Tiger, and him? No, it's like it's like, uh, it's like Tiger, Seve, Spieth, Rory, like <laughs> – I, uh, Raymond Floyd, I think it's only like everybody who's done it has gone on to win three or more majors, which I, I think was the stat. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. But so there's a couple, there's a couple of routes that somebody like this can take, and one of them is is the Norman Jean route, right? So uh, Jean last year turned pro. Uh, Casey Martin's like, oh, he's best since Tiger, and you're like, okay, well, we'll see, and. Like, he, he hasn't been going to go to the pro. He can't make a cut on the corn ferry, you know? And, and he didn't he didn't take advantage of his sponsor exemptions. And look, like, that's normal. Like, that's the way this thing goes, usually. And so that's one route. I, and, and, you know, that, that was up in the air for all these guys. Like, for, for Wolf, for Hovland, for Morikawa, who's got to be going, like, what do I have to do to win a PGA tournament, you know? No um, kidding. And... So that's not it for him. But then there's like the Charles Howell route where you're like, okay, 
and this is a little bit like the Cam Chan deal where, and I can't remember what tournament uh, Charles Howell won after he turned pro, but he won it early. And so you're like, oh, this guy's going to win all the time. This is unbelievable. Like, he's going to be awesome. Um, at least I think he won early. Or he contended early or something. Anyway, that that's the other route. And that's the one that it's going to take time to figure out, like, okay, well, is this like a one-time deal or are you just going to do this all the time? So th- when you said the Cam Champ route, like, that's because he won twice last year, right? Well, he won once, but he won, like, super early on. And the, my deal with Camp Chance is, like, he didn't win in college. And so you start looking at pedigree, and you're like, well, I don't know. Like, is, does he does he win? Like, I, I want somebody who – and Matthew Wolf goes out sophomore year and wins six times, gets on the PGA Trail and wins right away, and like, he kind of wins a lot, you know? And so I just feel like the trajectory of Wolf – Winning this early on is just—I mean, he's go, he's going to go into PGA Tour events now as like a normal PGA Tour event. He's going to be a top ten favorite, top five favorite, right? And he's pro- he's proven he can do it. I'm interested to see like if he is more of a. I remember when Justin Thomas first got on tour, and he was super like he was way up and way down. Like he would miss a bunch of cuts, and then he would contend, and then he missed a bunch of cuts, and then he would contend. Is that how Wolf's going to be? Because I think. I think he'll receive criticism for that, even though that's sort of the way that you do it. And, and that's, that's kind of how he's been over his first, I mean, we're talking about three pro starts, but he's kind of not great at Travelers, not great at Rocket Mortgage, and then he wins. And so do you, is that like the pattern for him? I'm like a Hovland who's like top 10, top 10, top 10, top 15, top 15. I'm interested to see how that plays out. That would mean Matthew Wolf is more like Bryson. <laughs> Yeah, Bryson's had a weird year. How so, about his reaction? That's all right. So there's uh, the, the there's the Bryson part of this, which I do think is um, significant. But like one real quick one last question about Wolf is, you know, how do we start then taking into consideration? Like it, to me, it feels like the swing aspects of this are overblown and just because the viewer's eye catches the swing i understand why it gets communicated as a storyline but they like for right now kyle and and tell me if i'm wrong on this miss me with uh matthew wolf is about to lead a, a revolution in the world of golf like it that and that sounds to me a, a lot like bryson like bryson's about to lead a revolution in the world of golf are you in on that with wolf uh, no, I mean, I think that when you start talking about like, like those types of terms, you're talking about like a tiger type deal or like transcends like cultural, uh, parameters. And you're like, is Matthew Wolf going to do that? Because his swing is like 15 degrees more to the left than it is, you know, than like a normal human. But isn't it <laughs> like, like it is, inside, I mean, inside the golf world with like golf teachers and how you teach a swing, isn't Matthew Wolf a radical? Am I wrong on that? Yeah. Because I'm saying miss no, me with, sure. with that. Wait, you're saying what? I'm saying that I don't think that Matthew Wolf is going like to to hype up the professional golfer's success or lack thereof or impact on the game of golf from the idea that he is going to be, be with his radical swing, create some kind of changes within the golf teaching community. I feel like we're dealing with such a small slice of people there 
that the the storyline to talk about it out front is, is is not something that's actually having much impact on his performance. Yeah, I think where you'll see that is like 20 years from now, you'll have some kid coming out who has a little bit different swing or whatever, and he's got a coach who was from like this this like sort of new school of like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter as much like what it looks like. And I'm not look, I'm not like deep in the. I know you're going to talk to Sean Martin later this week. He can explain more of this than I can. Brando Shambly is like deep in the George Gankus Wolf game, and like I don't I don't get all the stuff. But there's going to be like a coaching tree, right? That is going to affect kids 15, 20, 30 years from now. And so you, I don't like, I don't think you're going to feel it like now in the moment, but I think you might like hear about it or see it later on. That That's, that's my whole thing with like his swing and, and everything that goes along with it. Mm. We'll get into what happened overseas in La Hinch and uh, some more thoughts from the 3M right after this. And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Coming out of a busy weekend on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, we're going to start in Detroit at the 3M with actually one of the runners up. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. This has been a strange season for Bryson DeChambeau. Basically since, you know, just after the Masters, things kind of tank a little bit. Uh, he's got no top 20 finishes there for a run. He's got three straight missed cuts heading into, I believe, the Travelers. Then he's T8 at the Travelers. He's the runner-up uh, here at the 3M. Do you believe, stock up, stock down, that Bryson DeChambeau has come out of the woods after really looking a little bit lost there uh, for maybe six or seven weeks? Yeah, I, b- I believe it. I'm stock up. I mean, if you go one start like that, especially at a kind of mid-level PJ tournament, I'm like, okay, well, maybe. We'll see. But if you start going two in a row and, and kind of roll that into a little bit of a run, I, th- I think that's a real thing. I mean, his the middle of his season, though, it was I, – I don't have the top ten in front of me. He's He has to have had maybe the most disappointing season of anybody in the, in the top ten right now. I, I can't – off the top of my head, Justin, just, like yeah, Justin Thomas, Francesco Molinari, I would submit for consideration there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, no, that's, that's true. And Bryson did win, I guess, on the European Tour. Um, didn't he win one of those early events? Yeah, like in, he, in, yeah. So uh, he won Century, I believe it was. Uh, no, he won the Dubai Classic. And but I mean, listen, he was number one in Dubai, top ten in Saudi Arabia. And then just like a whole lot of nothing burgers all the way until yeah. uh, missed cut in Hilton Head, missed cut at the PGA Championship, missed cut at Charles Schwab, T22 at the Memorial, T35 at the US Open. And then really here in these like, like he's, he hit as high as number five in the world. And then yeah. things really started to look a little bit shaky. Uh, he's bounced back a little bit. He's had almost as much volatil- volatility as anybody within that top ten of the world so far this season, for sure. Yeah, you might you might go. You, that's a good call on JT and Molinari. You might go Molinari for most. I I, get, I I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Like I don't I don't have all their their starts and numbers in front of me. But with Bryson, like look like. The, the I know he's whatever like he's annoying and he does all his 
goofy stuff and people love him or don't love him or you know, I, I don't know. Do people love him? Like, are there people? I'm kind of like, he's sort of Dwight Howardy for me right now. You're I, like, yes, I get, I get why people don't like him, but it, like, are there, are there like Dwight Howard fans? Are there Bryson? Like, are there big Bryson fans? Are there, are there people that are like, I'm on like the Bryson corner? I think that there's people who are willing to jump on board both with the clubs and there's people that are willing to jump on board with the hat. And I think that there's no one who is willing to ride with, um, ride with Bryson all the way through his antics. So it's like, uh, I feel like some people thought of Gilbert Arenas that way. They liked his game and they liked his swagger to a point. But then Gilbert Arenas would do some things that you would just back off of in terms of like standing <laughs> for him. Like like he's he's got that kind of lovable crazy to him where yeah, I mean, look, uh that that's where I, I that's where I am with Bryson, where I can't stand him and I love that I can't stand him all at the same time. The the Bryson Gilbert Arenas crossover is just I'm just chef's kiss right now in my car sitting in, in uh Target in Galveston, Texas. I don't it's unbelievable. It, I never, I never in my life thought I would hear a Bryson Gilbert Arenas uh, comparison while sitting in a Target parking lot. <laughs> well, I don't expect Bryson to bring his firearms to the locker room. Uh, he just brings. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but no, like he, he, uh, the shot. Look, like the way he played eighteen on Sunday was sick. That second shot. I, again, I watched like. 12 minutes of this tournament. I, I got the right 12 minutes apparently, but uh, the second shot he hits in 18 is shit. Cause he knows what he has to do. He knows that he knows 18, like it's a birdie hole. You've got two guys behind you that are ahead of you on the leaderboard. They're not both going to par it. So he has to get to 20 and he hits a shot to do it. It barely, barely clears the water. He buries the putt. He thinks he's going to a playoff. And then Matthew Wolf just, just, rips his soul out right in front of him. I mean, the, the reaction that, I mean, first of all, the fact that Wolf makes that, it, it sort of reminded me of Spieth at uh, John Deere in, in uh, 13. Remember that? I, he holds out from the bunker um, on 18, and it was like, it was going pretty far past. I think he, like, bladed it a little bit. This wasn't, I mean, Wolf was obviously a much better shot, but it, it just had that feel of, like, this guy's just destined to win this thing, you know? And Bryson's reaction was, I mean, some, I forgot who said this on Twitter, but Wolf basically won that in such a way that he, he, he basically just made Bryson a meme. Not, not only did he earn his PGA Tour card and a million dollars, but he made Bryson DeChambeau a, a meme in the process. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, and that's tough because I, I hope that the – um, the Bryson takeaway is more like, I thought I was watching some big boy stuff from Bryson, right? Yeah. Like on, yeah. on yeah. Sunday, he, he did not play. I guess it's tough because we hold Bryson DeChambeau currently sitting as the number six player in the world. I hold him to a very different standard uh, than everybody else who he was going up against on the leaderboard. I felt like there were some shots out there, some mistakes were made, but when he had to go out there and have a chance to win it, I thought he did some of that like big boy stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm the five time winner here. I'm going to go and win this tournament. He didn't end up doing it because Matthew Wolf, like literally one upped him. 
Uh, but yeah. you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it says as, no, uh, as much about Wolf right, than though. it does yeah. about DeChambeau. I thought DeChambeau did everything he needed to do to win that tournament. And that is worth yeah, a I, positive takeaway. I agree. And I think that, look, like I'm sort of with Bryson where I am with, with Patty Reed, where it's like, I'm not really on board. I mean, I like I'm on board with the content. I don't know if I'm on board with you, but like I'm in on you being involved in this stuff. Like, would I would I rather have Troy Merritt and Ches Reeve contending on a Sunday, or Bryson and somebody? You know, like you'd rather have Bryson. Like that's that's the whole you know caricature caricature deal that we always talk about, and. uh yeah, it's good to see him playing good golf. And, and you're right. Like, he he went out and did, like, he did it. And then Wolf stole it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was impressive stuff. And that has been Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. A uh, lot, uh, lot of good feelings and a lot of uh, positive stock projections for Bryson DeChambeau as he moves forward. Um, I was up early. And I had so much fun watching another player on Sunday just go in big boy a tournament, except he actually converted with, I mean, Kyle, is, is there anything more John Rom than to have a 62 with two bogeys? No, it's, well, it, only if pa- Patty Reed had it, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know how that would be more John Rom. I don't even know what I'm saying, but. Uh, no, it, it it was super impressive. Look, like I went into the Irish Open. I, I mean, we talked about this last week. I was on Golf Channel just screaming about John Rahm at the European Tour, like on the European Tour in the last couple of years. He he had, going into that tournament, he had seven top fives in his last nine PGA Tour events, including three wins. And now it's four. Of, he's won four of his last 10 European Tour events, not including like WGCs and majors. I mean, he just, he just, dominates that tour and uh you know unbelievable sunday at course I, I don't know how much you got to see of the course it's so so cool it's awesome and oh no like number a- number four where you have to aim based on the stone the blind shot was yeah, like hit it over the little white stone that's the line you want it's it's so good uh, but I mean, sorry. So like Rafa Cabrera, Rafa Cabrera Bayo had a, like a three or four stroke lead. Uh, Andy Sullivan was in the mix. Wiesberger was in the mix. Pepperell was in the mix. Robert Rock was up there. It was like this jumbled leaderboard. And again, that's what, that was kind of my connection on Sunday, taking in all the golf was, um, you know, just the big boys, the, the best players in the world bowed up and just, just put the, the pedal to the metal. And that like those kind of days, do have me going back to the idea that maybe like the Matthew Wolf, Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm make me think that maybe my claim that winning is overrated might be wrong. Maybe winning is underrated. (laughs) Your claim might be overrated. Yes. I mean, it's just like that is that's championship stuff, right? That's what we want to see. It's five or six players are all in it and then a world-class player is able to like say uh-uh no i'm gonna go birdie four of the next seven holes and win this tournament yeah it's a great point and and i always try and hedge with the winning and overrated stuff because you're you're like ah, winning still matters you know like right when there's four when there's four holes left and somebody's up one and there's like six guys there like that's like there's like a meaningful thing about how you play those four holes in a way that there's just not on like a Thursday afternoon, 
And I think that is a really good call by you and something that I try to, I try, I was trying to balance that with, with like how hard winning is and how meaningful it is to just contend. Uh, but the the round thing was funny. Like it's so funny to just sort of consume this stuff from afar, like without, cause I was like, you know, out of it on Sunday pack, you know, just getting ready, leaving and all this stuff. And so I saw this stuff on, on Twitter. It's like, Oh, John Ron has solidified himself as an open, you know, like contender. And I was like, that's what got you was like the Irish open on Sunday. Like John Ron's like the seventh best player in the world. Like he's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, that was, it was cool to see him win. And I think it was a really cool lead in to both the Scottish Open this week where you'll see JT Rory and Ricky and then the open next week. I am jacked about the open. I'm so excited about it. It's gonna be awesome. Poor Rush is gonna be sick. The leaderboards at the last like ten opens have been a joke. Like they've been so good. And uh yeah, I'm fired up for it. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, we called you into action from vacation. You've been talking from a Target parking lot. Your family doesn't even know that you did this podcast. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for taking some time out. Now you get to go back and enjoy it. Sean Martin will be in through through here. Mr. Emmelman will be here as well. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much. You're welcome. I got I got to go get paper points, and Sean can uh, can take the Colin Moore Kyle talk tomorrow.